Just when you thought it couldn't get crazier, Washington State takes it one step further. I bet you didn't know this, but the word marijuana, it's racist. Hi, I'm Julie Barrett, and you're listening to the Women's Blaining Podcast. Today, we're talking about more things that you can't say because it's racist. Add to the list, marijuana. Who would have thought? Well, I found out over the weekend, this bill slipped my radar as the Washington State session was going on this earlier this year. House Bill 1210 removed the word marijuana from the Washington Administrative Code, the WAC, and replaced it with the word cannabis. Well, why would they need to do such a thing? Well, as it turns out, the word marijuana is discriminatory. I'm going to read you directly from the bill. It is the intent of the legislature to make technical changes to replace the term marijuana with cannabis throughout the revised code of Washington. The legislature finds that the use of the term marijuana in the United States has discriminatory origins and should be replaced with the more scientifically accurate term cannabis. This act is technical in nature and no substantive legal changes are intended or implied. This bill passed with bipartisan support. I was looking at the roll calls because I'm always curious to see which Republican lawmakers would vote for this kind of nonsense. And it was not surprising, but of course disappointing to see that more than half of the Republicans in the Washington State Legislature actually voted along with this bill. I'm going to read you a quote from the sponsor of this bill from a testimony that she gave in 2021. This is uh, Rep. Melanie Morgan. And she says the term marijuana itself is pejorative and racist. As recreational marijuana use became more popular, it was negatively associated with Mexican immigrants, she said. Well, I don't know a single person that has ever associated the term marijuana with Mexican immigrants. I don't know a single person. And in fact, the word marijuana is the Spanish form of Mary Jane. This is yet another attempt by the left a successful attempt, mind you, to control the language and to control what people are saying and what people are allowed to say. And this is why it's so important, critical, in fact, that our Republicans vote against this kind of thing just for the principle of it. And I I get it. I realize this would have passed regardless. But we have to stand up and say, we're not doing this. We're not doing this weird, woke stuff where we have to cancel out words because a certain group of people has decided that it's discriminatory. I mean, we could look back with, think of how vast our language is. And I'm sure that we could look back on history and find some kind of origin that we don't like for so many thousands of words. And are we going to change them all to make a small population feel better about themselves? I haven't heard anyone complaining about the word marijuana and its ties to a discriminatory nature or a negative association with Mexican immigrants. I have never heard that. Why do we have to keep doing this? Well, it's a strategy, right? I mean, we see the Democrats inching the needle slowly, steadily to the left. And we see the GOP 
allowing them to do it. It's not just here in Washington. It's all over the country. It's at the federal level. It's in every state. It's a strategy. And when are we going to stand up and stop it and say no? I mean, I get that this bill would have passed, but it's the principle of the nature of that elected official being able to stand up and say, I said no to the nonsense. We need people who are willing to say no to the nonsense. This bill was signed into law by Jay Inslee in March. And in the R, sorry, I said earlier that it was the Washington Administrative Code. It's actually the RCW, the Revised Code of Washington. I apologize for that. So this change has been made and this will set precedent for more words in the future to be changed. Uh, perhaps you also are aware of there was a abortion bill that went through the state legislature this session as well. I believe it's House Bill 1851, where they changed the language in the existing law to change from pregnant women to pregnant persons to make the languaging more inclusive of other groups. Yet another case of changing the language to suit the agenda. And when do we stand up and stop it and say no more? We need our elected officials to be willing to stand up and say no more. And one of the things I hear from Republicans a lot is, well, we have to compromise. We have to compromise on this so that we'll get that. I'm sorry. I've never seen a Democrat that compromises with a Republican. But the Republicans always compromise with the Democrats and it doesn't turn out to be a winning situation. So when are we going to stop compromising? It's very frustrating, and I don't know if we're going to see enough change to actually start to move the needle back to the center as we need it to. Also in the news this last week about racist things is math. Math is racist, in case you didn't know. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has rejected, I think it was like 41% of textbooks that had been submitted because they had CRT, critical race theory, content in them. And many of those books were math books. And what's been pushed into textbooks, in particular math books, is this idea that math has been used to oppress and marginalize communities of color. And this is just one more step by the left to create division and create problems in existing education and push their agenda, their Marxist agenda, which is what CRT is. And so they have to find ways to slip it into all of the curriculum and all of the subject areas. And so math is is racist because it oppresses um, and marginalizes people. And so therefore, we have to change the way math is being taught. What was interesting is back in 2019, when the Washington state legislature passed the ethnic studies laws that would include ethnic studies programs to be taught in our government schools, Seattle public schools and other public schools in the state started publishing their ethnic studies framework. And Christopher Rufo, who is very outspoken on the CRT, he's been shining a light on CRT all over the country. He's actually from Washington state and he uh, tweeted out some information about the Seattle Public Schools uh, math ethnic studies framework. And this was actually 
came to light a few years ago. It was a big national news story about Seattle and their and their idea that math is racist. And it didn't go away. In fact, it's leveled up and it's spread not just from Seattle, it's spread from Seattle out into other school districts. But what they say is that, um, and I'm going to read you directly from the Seattle Public Schools K-12 Math Ethnic Studies Framework. This was created in 2019. But they say power and oppression, as defined by ethnic studies, are the ways in which individuals and groups define mathematical knowledge so as to see Western mathematics as the only legitimate expression of mathematical identity and intelligence. The definition of legitimacy is then used to disenfranchise people and communities of color. This erases the historical contributions of people and communities of color. So we have to change the way that we're teaching math to our kids because math is racist and it disenfranchises people of color. If you look at what is going on in math and how math is being changed, kids no longer have to get the right answer because they're now saying that math is subjective and there isn't necessarily a right or a wrong answer which that's scary to me. If you, you know, think about how does this play out as we are raising a future generation of engineers and, you know, mathematicians and people who are going to be building things and building our infrastructure, how does this play out long term? It doesn't play out well. We need people who can actually do math and get the right answer. But as long as we are making education about this socialist, leftist, woke agenda, we're not going to be raising intelligent children because we're not teaching them actual reading, writing, and arithmetic. We're teaching them to be woke. But that's all part of the strategy. So all of this is connected. The words that we can't say, the way that they're manipulating the language, the way that they're manipulating, you know, even these subjects like math and science. I mean, take a look at science. I mean, we're saying that you can't even define a woman if you're not a biologist. And even if you are a biologist, you know that there is no such thing as just two genders. I mean, you have to wait until a child is older to find out what gender it actually is. And there's something like 70 some odd genders. We've manipulated our academia to appease a very small population of people. But it's not about that. It's not about appeasing those people. It is truly about dumbing down our society. It is about making a population of people that can be controlled and easily manipulated. And that's exactly what the left is trying to do. And that's exactly what they do by changing the language and making it so you can and cannot say certain things. Certain words are no longer acceptable in our society. That's where they're going with this. And we've got to stand up and stop them. Another story that ties in with this is what's going on with Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene from the state of Georgia. If you're following any of that, there is a group of leftists in the state of Georgia who have brought a lawsuit against her because they want to keep her off of the 2022 ballot. They want they don't want her to have a chance at reelection. And if they can keep her off the ballot, then they certainly ensure that she cannot be elected. Well, it's been interesting to watch some of this testimony that she did, I believe it was it was Thursday or Friday, and the lawyer 
for the plaintiff was asking her questions about her use of the term 1776. They even used a clip from the movie Independence Day where the main actor, I forget who it was, is before they go into fight the aliens in that that final battle scene, he's giving this impassioned speech to all of the people. And he's like, this is our, you know, 1776. This is our Independence Day. And they were asking her why she used the the, the term 1776 in a speech that she gave in Georgia. And also, I guess she tweeted it out or something like that. It's another attempt of the left to take language and use it as a weapon. And it was interesting because she pointed to the seal on the wall behind the judge in the courtroom that said state of Georgia 1776. And they were they, they were trying to tie her use of the word 1776 to like she was trying to incite violence and she was trying to, you know, cause this insurrection of January 6th. And it was just ridiculous. But we've allowed them to have this assault on our language. We've allowed them to manipulate our language and use it against us and use it to say, you know, words are violence. Is it going to be violence if I say marijuana instead of cannabis? They've taken and, you know, it seems absurd. Like even as that comes out of my mouth, I think that's so absurd. But that's truly where we are. We are living in a state of absurdity in the United States because we have allowed these woke leftists to do this in our society. And what's really scary about the Marjorie Taylor Greene case is that if they are successful in keeping her off the ballot, that will set precedents for other candidates that they don't want on the ballot. My first inclination is to think, well, they don't want her on the ballot because they also don't want Trump on the ballot. So if they're successful at keeping her off the ballot, then perhaps they can keep Donald Trump off of the ballot. So it's it's important for a number of reasons because it's setting precedent, but they're also using these words, you know, and we've seen this. This isn't the first time we've seen this in these legal battles where they bring up language and want to use it against people. If we don't take a stand against this now, it's going to get much, much worse. And I think a lot of people are starting to wake up to that, but I also see that a lot of people aren't willing to take a stand and they're willing to comply and go along with this crazy woke stuff. No, we have to stop playing the weird games. We have to say, no more, I'm not doing it. You may lose friends, but they're not good friends if you're losing friends over this kind of thing. You may lose, you know, if you're a candidate, you may not get the donations from certain people or you may not get backed by the GOP because you're not falling in line and saying the things that they want you to say. Are we going to all just be puppets of the party? And my friend Todd Herman calls it the party. The party is inclusive of everybody who's sort of playing this game. It's not just the GOP and it's not just the Democrats. It's the party, the government that is doing this to we the people. We got to stop playing the party's game. And it's going to take people like you and me who are willing to stand up and say, nope, we're done. We're not playing this game. And we have to hold people accountable who are playing this game. So going back to what I started with on this this marijuana to cannabis bill in Washington state, we needed those people to stand up and say, 
no, we're not playing the weird game. And we need to hold accountable the people who are playing the weird woke game. And we must demand answers. We must demand why. Why are you playing this game? Why are you not speaking out against this? It is our duty to hold our elected officials accountable. And if we don't do it now, it's going to continue to get much, much worse. The time for being the silent majority is long over, guys. We have to stand up. We have to be willing to speak out. There's nothing noble about being the silent majority. If we continue to be the silent majority, we're going to continue to get the results that we've been getting for decades. And that is scary. If you look around what's going on in our country right now and it doesn't terrify you, you need to wake up. You need to open your eyes because at the rate we're going, it's going to get much worse. And it's, as you've probably noticed over the last two years, it has picked up at rapid speed and it's not slowing down at all. I could really go on a rant (laughs) for a long time about this, but I encourage you today to speak out against this kind of thing. I know it seems like it just doesn't end and it doesn't end. It doesn't end as long as we keep going along with it. We're going to keep seeing more and more. And so we have to standing up, speaking up. That's how we fight back. And we say, no, we're say we're not playing your weird game. And we ask our, we hold our elected officials accountable to not playing the weird woke game as well. And with us rolling into an election season, it's a great time for us to be able to have these conversations with candidates who are running for election or re-election and ask them, what's your plan with stuff like this? How are you going to stand up against this? Because I'm not okay with you voting for stuff like this. We need your voice to help us fight back and we'll stand with you. We'll support you. And we have to do that, guys. We have to follow through. We have to support these people that if they're willing to stake a stand, we've got to stand behind them and stand with them because they will get huge pushback. I mean, look at what's happening with Marjorie Taylor Greene. She is getting huge pushback and it's not just from the left. It's from the swampy Republicans, too. And we have to be willing to stand with these people who are going to stand against the party and what's going on. I don't think it's too late for change. In fact, I think if people start speaking up, if the silent majority can rise up and stop being the silent majority, I think we stand a good chance. But we have to have courage. We have to be brave. We have to be unafraid to speak truth. And I hope you will do that today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for rating the podcast. And to those of you who have commented and shared, I so appreciate it. If you would please share this with your friends, I would love that. If you have any feedback or ideas for a topic that you would like me to speak about, I'd love to hear from you. All the contact info for me and where you can connect with me on social is in the show notes. Have a great day and I will see you again next time. 